Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. Welcome back to the pod, guys. Today, I'm very happy to welcome a certain someone who is a watch passionate creative that I'm sure through his work, many of you are already familiar with. It's incredibly creative, humorous, definitely humorous, and executed to a high quality, which I think is actually really difficult to do, introduce humor at a, at a level that is high quality, consistent with luxury watches. His brand is Second Second. His name is Romaric Andre. Welcome to the show. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Lang. Uh, thank you for having me. And thank you for this introduction. It's quite <laughs> humbling. <laughs> okay. Again, following this podcast, you may want to open up his Instagram page to see some of his work as you listen to this podcast. And it's under Second Second. Right. So here we go. How are you today? I'm um, I'm quite good, and uh, actually I'm uh, already uh, extremely energized because just before this podcast, I, I was handling some um, a pre-launch uh, operation. This afternoon, I'm launching with uh, Nevada uh, a collaboration, so I'm uh, excited by this pod- podcast, obviously, and but by what's going to happen this afternoon. So, what's this collab? Who's this collab between? Um, so it's Nevada Grand Chain. That's a that's a brand that had some uh, some uh, good um, how, how do you say that um, well considered and uh, well known for their vintage pieces, and this brand has been brought back like three four years ago, mm. and they and they are really re- reconsidering the all the heritage and all the strong pieces of that brand and they are bringing them back mm. and this afternoon it will be the second collaboration i'm having with them and uh, this one uh, for, for today is based on their super antarctic model mm. and i'm and uh, basically the 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 point is when you are talking about uh, antarctic and uh, polar expeditions it's quite um it's you, you are transport you are moved to a place with extreme uh, uh, weather conditions uh, you are you you your memories go back to uh, um to expedition with heroes that they don't know where they're going they they are i mean they are fighting against everything and I wanted to go total opposite of this universe. I wanted to bring that watch into a basic and uh, almost uh, a bana- um, the, the, the daily life. And I put in a switch the the second end. Uh, and I put a keep frozen label. So we are not gonna talk about uh, polar heroes and polar expedition. We're gonna talk about uh, frozen goods. We're gonna talk about uh, daily life uh, uh, and uh, uh, putting uh, food in your in your fridge, and yeah. so I'm, I, I like to bring some bizarre. I like to bring some. Um, I don't. I don't know. In French, you, you would say "loufoc." I like to bring together grandiloquent because I mean those people going to polar expedition they were like superheroes, 
and I and I want to 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 bring that next to normal life that we all we are all having and i like to play that uh, that contrast and that's what i'm gonna do this afternoon so i'm, I'm excited that is uh, incredibly cool i i was thinking how is he gonna do that how is he gonna do it and then you did it and as always you made me laugh you know with the with the with the humor right but um in the introduction i described you as a watch passionate creative yeah. Um, but how would you describe yourself? Because I think many people listening on the po podcast would say you are an artist. Um, that's a process to find the, the way to describe uh, what I'm doing. It's a process because I, I'm quite not sure yet because I was not really uh, uh, made to end up where I am today. So mm. I'm like, with you guys and I'm doing things and when you when you are doing things there is people that may be interested by what you're doing but then they need to put a label on you and mm -hmm. I, I totally understand that and sometimes they were like oh but you are an artist and because I don't have the education degree I don't have the the audience or I don't have the a credential saying uh, I'm an artist and I don't feel comfortable saying I'm an artist because I don't think I am. So I've, sometimes I've been saying, okay, you can write it down. You can say that I'm an artist. Uh, we are launching this collab and uh, you need, I understand that you need to describe me. So it's going to be easier to put artist. But we, every everybody knows that we have to put a word, but sometimes the words are not super precise and sometimes they are a little bit too much so if i've got one second i'm gonna say okay okay let's let's write it down it's an artist but if we have more time i would say i don't know first and i've, I've been graduating from a business school i've been like quite not really uh, successful in in this career i totally changed my career path and i started to listen to myself and I had some creativity that I was not using that much before. And I started to use that creativity and the platform was Instagram. And the, my skills were almost nothing instead of a good eye and a scissor paper and uh, some uh, free um, uh, drawing tools. And I started. So I put my, creative out, uh, my creativity out there and I, I'm, I'm doing that really consistently. So what okay, I am, so... I'm creative, yeah. probably, but the, the 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 point you reach to become an artist for me, that's something different. So would you say it's something similar to akin to like George Bamford? Because I'm not sure people would call him like, well, you know, I don't want to offend him, but some people wouldn't call him an artist. They would call him like a, a custom watchmaker or mm -hmm. a, a person that changes a current design. Um, I think actually just saying that makes me kind of make that differentiation. You know, when I think of, for me, an artist, there somewhat has to be somewhat more uh, originality in the creative process. While I admire George Bamford's work, a lot of that is, is changing an existing almost canvas in a, in a very limited kind of way. 
and the very um not just in a stylistic way in a communication type of way so we we had an artist a proper like i'm not saying you're not a proper artist god i'm being so pc today um but we had a an artist right that drew watches you mm-hmm. know and i feel like what she said was it's about how you communicate you know from a subject matter and how i communicate that to an audience right and i think when i see a george bamford watch you get that aesthetic like oh you appreciate the aesthetics you appreciate the beauty but your work is slightly different because there is the the beauty but there is a a very clear communication that you're 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 doing that totally really changes the canvas that you work on which is the watch right so i guess would you say you're similar to george bamford you can imagine that it's already difficult to describe myself so i'm not gonna tend to describe uh, what george's doing but i don't think he's is gonna request their artist level i don't think george is uh, introducing himself as an artist but again he's playing with colors he's playing with some some sort of abstraction he's taking something mm. that has been done and he's reinventing it but on the, for me it's kind of abstract work because he's not is sending signals, but subjective signals, playing with color. The color means something. The, the colors can can drive you somewhere, but it's not super self-explanatory. That's a variation. What is he doing? I understand what you said about my work. Is that I'm maybe I'm I'm maybe a little bit uh, disturbing the watch a little bit more. And I'm not that abstract, actually. When I was talking about the the Keep Frozen label, it's not abstract. It's it's like uh, it's because there is words, there is there is a, a a pun intended. So I'm in in some way I feel a little bit less artistic than what George is doing with colors and shapes. But in another way, I understand that maybe I'm breaking the watch a bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. And if you take the definition as an artist, is he has to bring something to the world that is different, that has been done before. And you could argue that what I'm doing, a little, I'm breaking a little bit more and I'm bringing something like quite different. Mm. But again, some, sometimes I feel myself like maybe I'm, I'm missing some abstraction. I'm missing some... I'm 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 trying to bring your eyes and to understand my my points, but I don't I'm 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 not letting your mind go free. Sometimes I I'm, I have the feeling that I'm mm. driving a little bit too much the attention mm. on what I wanted to express, and that's why sometimes I'm not an artist. I'm I'm like I'm storyteller. I'm a, I'm a storyteller. That okay, mm. and. Just to finish about that, but you you were suggesting the way I'm pushing my ideas and my products. That's true. I, I'm working a lot of, uh, on that. I don't just do a picture. I don't just. Do, I try to make a puzzle. Like what kind of picture? What kind of words? What kind? What's the point of what I'm doing? Sometimes the point is just a, a name. Sometimes I ju- I have an idea, 
but what's the name of it? And I think that's the, the um, I feel every time I need to to give it to give the piece a name, and I think that's that's my way of like giving it some sense and maybe some artistic sense. But again, giving some artistic sense does that make you does that make me an artist? I'm not sure yet, but I'm I'm creating things. I'm creating things, mm. and then I let you guys to decide if. Mm -hmm. And when I will become an artist or I'm just someone that is playing with watches. Mm. So if you call yourself a storyteller, technically it means that you can actually replicate this idea on any sort of medium, right? You wouldn't have to do watch dials. You could do cars. You could do anything, right? Um, I, I, took, I really want to follow what you just said. I want to... I am... Watches are my are my passion, and because mm -hmm. for me it's like so, it's a concentrated product. There is so many things to look at the details, the story. So mm -hmm. many things are embedded in one small product. So that that for me that was the easy path, the mm -hmm. easiest path, to play with that first. I am passionate about it, and there is so. So much stuff in a watch that I can disturb and yeah. distort. Yeah. But yes, I dream about applying that type of uh, attitude to other fields. Totally. I really, really, I want to. Okay. I, I, I was about to say I will, but I, I want to. Okay. And I'm, maybe some discussions are in the, in progress right now. Okay. Mm. That's that's great. Um... Well, I, you know, listening to what you were saying, I think, you know, I can articulate what I feel more clearly now, which is I feel you break a current perception of an image of a certain watch, right? With a humor, which is very easily accepted and non-offensive. Um, so that's what I would say, but moving on, um, how Daniel, did this, can I, can I, excuse me, Daniel, can I just add something? Yes, we have please. to we have to recognize that either George or me or we are working after someone. So that's why sometimes artist for me is, is like bringing something to the world by himself. George mm. and myself, we are reacting to something that has been already done. And it's a, it's easier to react than to be the, the to create in the first place that's again that would that that me that's a frontier for me mm. you become an artist when you are bringing stuff like from you 100% right now mm. i'm still reacting mm. sorry so how did this like become a full time thing again it was not written it's it was just step by step um okay. I had this idea one day in front of my computer. I had a vintage chrono salmon dial with patina. And I replaced just by a white line, I replaced the seconds and chronograph, uh, the chronograph seconds and sorry, by a white line. And immediately I got this feeling that's really cool to have like a shiny white hand mm. on a patinate vintage watches. So I, I love that contrast. And again, 
the contrast things is everywhere in the world. You can see people redesigning modern drawings on old paintings. Mm -hmm. You can see people uh, uh, drawing or painting stuff on old road signals. So, uh, I mean, it was there. This idea was there somewhere, but not mm. nobody have been like really focusing on let's yeah. work on vintage pieces yeah. and let's do something. So I was like that. I tried. I talked about it to some people because I got some uh, connection in this world. And then I said, I'm going to I'm going to manufacture five, six pieces. And then you you manage to sell your first pieces to some people that have some influence and that are saying that's not stupid. That's mm. weird, but that's maybe not stupid. And then, and then you do more, and then you start to say that maybe I don't need to sell the whole watch. Maybe I just can can I, mm. maybe I can sell only the end. So people that love to look for watch vintage watches, they mm. can still mm. doing that and just buying from me the end and have fun mixing the things. And then, and then, and then, and then one day you've got brands calling you. We love what you do on vintage pieces and on Instagram. Maybe we can make a collaboration. And then you do your first collaboration that gives you more visibility. And, and at some point you say, okay, I'm, I can work about, I have enough things to think and to do. And, and, and it, uh, it's a financially uh, a balance uh, that makes you live. Okay. And how did you come up with the name? I was at the beginning, I was like, I was shy. I was not sure about that. So I was like, I'm just going to change the seconds end. I'm, I don't want to change the hour end. I don't want to change the minute end. I was like, let's make it super subtle. Super, uh, like, and I was buying a lot of vintage pieces with sub um, sub seconds. So you know the 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 sub dial is at mm. six mm. with a super small seconds end, and I was only aiming at that little small end. So I was like, oh, that's another second, 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 and I I there is something that obsessed me in the watch world. It's all about performance, being the winner. Uh, if you if you are really someone, you need that watch to show to the world that you are really someone special or someone that is uh, all about performance and winning. And I want I was like in the back of my end, I like the the idea of being second because at, when I started this this project and now I'm going a little bit more on my personal life. I was a little bit. Not I was a not depressed, but I was a little bit uh, losing my. I was in a not in a super good uh, mon mental uh, health, and I I was listening to a lot of life coaches on the uh, on the on social networks and stuff like that. And yeah. there is one that I like that say you need to know who you are, and now the current trend in the world is everyone everybody wants to be uh, entrepreneur everyone wants to be mark zuckerberg Ev everyone wants to be elon musk but you are not all made to be number one maybe you you would be a really good number three guys in a corporate in a corporation maybe and i was like maybe the last 10 years have shown me that 
maybe I'm not an, a, I'm not a number one in, a, in an organization. Maybe I'm a good number two or maybe I'm a good number 34. But I like the idea, second, second, then I'm, I'm fed up with this obsession to be number one, I'm gonna be second. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a different and, a, and a unusual second. So that's another layer to that name. Cool. And then that's okay. it. That, that's and the a... redundancy, the redundancy yeah. was, you know, it was easy to patent that because the many brands have, have used this uh, trick. For example, if uh, Oyster is uh, patented, then uh, you, you're going to call you Oyster Oyster. So, you know, it was a, uh, it was a way to adapt to the, to the market as well. Right. So you, you have mentioned it in your answer, but it hasn't been easy for you. You know, when you say it's, is it, surely it's okay to be second is because you try, I mean, I assume you try to be first. We all, we were all taught at school to be number one, right? That, you know, um, nothing except success is kind of acceptable. Um, and even then, you know, success is very poorly defined. Um, can you describe your journey, your own journey through that and finding yourself, you know, in, in like that difficult period. And because I think it has a lot of impact personally, I, the way I see your work, the humor, the sarcasm does have a lot to do with perhaps your experience during that phase. Right. So it'd be interesting to hear, you know, how you found becoming second acceptable i mean the, the sarcasm it's the way of the people num that are not number one to 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 try to deal with not being number one so you are <laughs> you are you are an outsider you're not you're not winning so you are outside but you, that's the way to survive, to make sarcasm and to make fun of uh, number ones uh, playing around. So that, that's for sure. I mean, the humor is, the, is my weapon and, and it has always been. So to just my journey, like everyone is long and is, it's hard to sum up, but let's make it like simple. I, grad, I graduated from a business school like 20 years ago, approximately in France. And yes, even before this narrative, be an entrepreneur, don't be an employee, I was not that much influenced by that. I remember that even at young age, I've got this feeling to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what it meant, but I wanted to do something. Maybe it's a it's part of ego. You want to be, you want to do your stuff. I don't want to listen to orders. Maybe there is some sort of, but anyway. So I was like in this mindset and I got this opportunity just after graduating, a friend of mine uh, traveling uh, frequently to Asia could feel the development of the luxury mobile phone market with Vertu. Vertu was the Nokia subsidiary trying to push and trying to invent the idea of 5,000 euros mobile phone with titanium, with uh, some, sometimes with gods. And so we were like two creative minds and capable minds. I was more on the business side and my friend was more on the uh, designing and the uh, manufacturing side of the business. 
And we were like, okay, we're going to do some crazy luxury mobile phones. But instead of putting diamonds and gold on them, we're going to put some watch mechanism. So we had this idea of a clamshell phone that when you were opening and closing it, there was a system in the inch that would rewind a mechanical clock uh, inserted in that, in that um, mobile phone. So uh -huh. we were like that. So it was crazy idea, but my friend was a super skilled designer and the product looked really cool. But it, it looked cool. It was the, I mean, it looked just cool. And we, we, we managed to get some connection in this world in France. So meeting mobile phone manufacturer at this, at like 20 years ago, there were still mobile phone manufacturing uh, uh, plants in France. And we managed to meet people. Blah, blah. We met a VC fund, uh, so investors. They're like, okay, you're, that's interesting. You've got a patent, this idea of rewinding a watch clock that is inserted in a clamshell phone. That's interesting, okay. But you, you are nobody. You, you don't have, you don't know. Basically what you're saying here needs distribution channels the same as the luxury watches. And you don't know, you don't know nobody and nothing in this world. So we're going to find you a third founders. And they helped us meeting people from the Swiss and yeah, the Swiss uh, watch industry. And we found our guy. So we were three founders and let's go. And we managed to raise funds significantly. And we managed to, to manufacture the product that, that was crazy. It was priced, uh, the retail price was two, more than 200,000 euro. But the, wow. you, you, you will Google Celsius phone, and you will see because it was it was a tourbillon mechanism that was like uh, <laughs> uh, done. Uh, I mean, it was um, it was a, a, a specific design just for us and stuff like that. And we went through the same distribution channel as the watch, the high-end uh, watch uh, business. Blah, blah. It was tough. We didn't sell enough. We managed to sell 10 pieces a year, but we needed 20 to sell 20. But it and then, and the years, it's from like the first time we showed a product, it was in Basel World 2010. And for five years, we have been working, trying, meeting people of this industry. And in 2000, 2015, Investors are saying no more, so that's done. That's and because I was the the, the responsible the the main guy in this uh, the, not the main guy but the uh, I was responsible to end this company. So you go through the process of saying be the last one on the boat. I was the last one on the boat that was sinking. So you spend months taking care of things that are not. Super interesting. It's it's like signing your own death, mm. but it takes time. You have to uh, to go to uh, some jurisdictions in France. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. It kills a little bit your uh, your mind. Not it. It's it. It's not a good moment to live through. Mm. Mm. You are you, instead of putting your energy and your passion to build something, you are putting energy and time to close something. Mm. And then I'm, I'm like that. I'm like. 
okay, I don't want to raise millions anymore. I want to do something extremely agile. I want to do something that quite instantly will get the attention of this community because that's the magic of this community is that if something is making the community react, it can really, uh, he has this virality power. So I, I was like, uh, something like that is a little bit shocking, but respectful. So the idea of sweep, sweep, swapping the end was good. Mm. But yes, I've, I've, I was like done, a little bit uh, depressed. And I was like, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do? When I'm, and I've been, uh, I was like looking for an exit. And this exit was uh, with no money, with uh, simple things. And sometimes magic happens when you don't have, when you have big constraints. You don't have money. You don't have, uh, uh, you don't have many skills, uh, manufacturing, or uh, and and you have to find a solution. And I could find that. Okay. So how hard was it to pick yourself back up? Did you go straight into it, or you know, since no, it took you time to wind down the company, like? Did you, did, were you like ready to go or were you, were you kind of like not ready to go? When you've got an idea, it makes you go above water. So I've been working on this idea. I've been delivering some pieces and showing. Then yeah. you sell some pieces, but then, okay, you, okay, I've sold a few pieces, but what is, is there really a market? And then you go through again a two months period where the, nobody's calling. I mean, okay, so it was just a nice idea for two months, but, uh, and and then you're like, okay, yes, yes, I should meet this person or I should try to have this idea and to post it on Instagram. Maybe it will get some traction again. So you are, it's like roller coaster, like 90% of the process, I didn't believe in it. I, mean, I was like, maybe it can work, but sometimes at 1 a.m., outside in the dark your family is sleeping and you're like still working on your website to try to man to uh, improve something but the, the thing is you uh, i haven't i haven't sold a piece since three weeks nobody's calling i mean i'm not gonna do that forever right so you yes you have dubs uh, many many dubs i mean i've been uh, telling my wife I would stop like five or six times over a two years period. Mm, right. Okay. So when did you go from 90% doubt to more like assured thinking, ah, there's something in this. That's what made that change? It's for me, I think the, the big difference was after the first collaboration. The first time a brand, I didn't believe in that because I was like, my point is to rejuvenate vintage pieces. So I thought that was my stuff. I thought my only point was you take vintage, you rejuvenate them, that's it. But when a brand that is producing modern watches comes to you saying, no, 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 but okay, we know what you're doing on vintage. But you're basically they are telling you that you're more than that. You're more than that. You can uh, it, it can be relevant to work on modern watches. But they were coming from the so they, they basically again it's the other that save you. That's 
because okay i've got some self confidence but with the market and the, your life telling you that so far you have not doing great you have you have doing things okay but not great so the others from the market from the industry are uh, telling you no no you can that's a good you've got more mm -hmm. and then they challenge you to bring ideas to their business to make a collaboration and then the first collaboration is a success it's a small success but it's a little then you are you they show that uh, what you do can be applied to more things that you thought and then another brand is coming because they saw the success of the first brand uh, asking for you and then now i'm right now i don't have time enough but you said uh, when did that when did that uh, doubt period end it never totally end because today i am really busy i have really made too many things and i'm late for many deadlines but i'm still i'm still like is that you know you're talking a lot about my humor daniel but is is humor a perennial thing can you make people laugh all, all the it's tough and sometimes ah oh, come on it's not the time for joking i mean let's let's do something serious now so i'm still i'm i don't i understand that people say you are sarcastic you are sarcastic and humoristic but sometimes i'm like, i'm really am i and i i guess i am but i don't want to be only that so i'm still doing but because i'm requested and because brands are coming to me and clients are coming to me i don't have time to doubt but there is still a little doubt but i don't have time but back then i had so many time to doubt yeah i guess uh, stay busy then right yeah. but did you ever have like uh, imposter syndrome for well, sure again we are only um it's not i'm not uh, going through a therapy session here i'm talking <laughs> you guys yeah. are asking me to talk so i'm talking but i've never considered to uh, end uh, end my life and stuff like that that being said yes i went through bad and tough times that makes this moment right now quite good and i really enjoyed the uh, this time because I've always sorry Daniel, I'm mixing things but my point is that I've been I've been quite suggesting that my ideas were good and the market have been telling me that my ideas were not that good for 15 years and now my my ideas are praised so it's as it has been 15 years where my brothers were like okay right, come on please you think you have many ideas but uh, factually they are not that good mm -hmm. and now i'm really enjoying a lot <laughs> that the market is saying that those ideas are quite okay quite maybe maybe they are good so it's 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 really it, it's a good uh, it's a good moment to live and i totally forgot what uh, what was your question no 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 uh, it was about imposter syndrome then when you get into this sequence ah oh, you know how the social networks work genius everyone are you genius <laughs> no i'm not but I, I i like that i mean i like that yeah, but yeah. let's be serious so uh you when... get great waiting list introductions don't you you get great introductions on the podcast like i like i wrote right 
at the well, start. I don't, I don't. Sorry, Daniel, I don't get you. I said uh, you get people to write. You get people like me who write great introductions at the start of a podcast. Ah. <laughs> That's it. And then, so it, it it's building back my confidence. Right. I, I, it's good. I I I think I will uh, teach my kids not to wait for the others to build your confidence. But I have to admit, what's happening right now is building my confidence thanks to the others. I know I should. I I build it. No, I mean, the imposter syndrome finish. can 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 happen quite quick because when you get praised too much, you're like, come on, guys, I'm not a genius. Sorry, Lang Lang. Sorry, um, Lang. No, I. I'm kind of like, um, I mean, from your answers, I can tell you someone very realistic and you will receive the praise when you think you deserve it. But uh, so far, there hasn't been a second where you say, yeah, like, that's me. <laughs> so I'm wondering, as a business, I would say entrepreneur, um, do you believe more in luck and people coming into your life at a certain time? Or do you think it's mostly your hard work? the good question the good and tricky question i really i believe in consistency mm. which means that uh, you don't know what, when luck is gonna happen so just be present but on, on a long period i you know um, in french we say sometimes it's auto realizateur which means that when you do something and you repeat that it's gonna at the beginning, people, when I was posting on Instagram, the people were, what is he doing? Oh, he's, he's, uh, he's killing the value of vintage pieces. <laughs> but then when you do that during three or four years, mm -hmm. you, you, I was yeah. in the landscape. The, the, the people are not like saying like, oh, you don't belong. But I mean, I didn't belong. But then you stay in this landscape and you repeat it consistently. Mm -hmm. So people are not, they are not uh, they are, they don't they are they are realist people saying that I don't belong now. I mm -hmm. do belong because mm -hmm. I I put my feet in the landscape and I justify I have been justifying my presence by working by posting things by by bringing mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So is luck? I mean, right. what that, luck is as a uh, luck as an impact because all turning point of this little story of mine it's because of a human connection mm -hmm. so if i if i didn't meet that guy that day mm -hmm. i would not be here yeah. so that's luck but you sometimes i'm like ah, i would have met someone else some other day because i've been trying so i would i would go for Luck is somewhere, but I would like prioritize uh, hard work and consistency to make to make you relevant by repeating what you're doing. Mm -hmm. mm, okay, so I want to go back to um, your first collab. Who was that first collab with, and what did you end up doing? It was with Masena Lab. So William Masena uh, launched his lab which is like uh, the, 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 I would say that the essence of this lab is like doing not only collabs, but doing collabs. So, uh, so he's uh, launching uh, watches, 
with his name sometimes, but like usually he's trying to collab with, for example, um, uh, some uh, great uh, independent watchmaker in US or some people that are super good with uh, uh, dial works uh, somewhere. So he bought me a vintage piece at the real beginning. And he, he kind of, he, he, gave, he, he gave me some, uh, some uh, confidence because that was the type of guy that should have said, come on, what you're doing, you're killing the value of the piece. But no, he's, he, he could feel that I was only switching hands and then playing with, but with, without destroying. So he bought me a piece. And some months, some year, one year later, he was like that. Maybe we should do something together. And he had in mind to work on the same, the same design as the Universal Genève Big Eye chronograph, because he wanted to, to, to redo this kind of uh, pieces, this kind of uh, vintage chrono. And it was like, I, I, will, I will tell you the, my side of the story. It was like, I'm gonna really, really mimic the Universal Genève design. I was like, ah, come on. you're going, uh, you, you don't want to change little thing. You just want to, the yeah, yeah, I'm going to do the same design. So, okay, maybe the community will uh, will criticize that. And, and I was like, let's play on that. Let's play on that. Let's play on that risk. So big eye means that one sub, one sub dial is bigger than the other. You know, it's, there is one, the, the, right subdial is bigger than the left subdial. That's why the, the nickname of this watch was at the time was Big Eye. And I immediately thought about, you know, this emoticons of, scru of scruti scrutiny yeah. when you've got a, a, an emoticons with glasses and uh, with uh, uh, this kind of, um, you know, what is that? Raised eyebrow, yeah. Yes, so the the I, I was telling him like, the community will say, but I know this design from somewhere. And I played and I put eyes, pixelized eyes, one closed and one open on this chronograph, playing on that idea of the, but I, this design remind me really, really something. And so I, I kind of, I played with something that could have been a, 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 a it was it was a, a flow. It could have been a flow to just redo the design, and I played with that flow to make it something to assume it, to to accept it, and it it and it was a great collaboration. It went well, and uh, and that's it. And then the on to the next one. And how how much was that piece? It the I think it was really small. It was ten pieces. What was the price? I don't remember. It's some. It was between one and two k, or or, and it was something like two k retail, something like that, or two point five, something like okay. that. Okay. So, like you said, that's the biggest like valid external validation when people are putting money down, right? Of yes. actually saying, I know it. Your your client's the brand, but the brand gets the money from the end consumer, and so you're getting the real market validation that what you're doing is you know working and but, then, yeah and not, not only the the, the 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 confidence and the validation but then it opened a new door and say i can work on modern watches 
So the my my business mm. totally uh, it uh, the pot mm. the, the potentiality like uh, was a uh, time one hundred. Hmm. And and how does like uh, does a collab work similar with other brands? So they say to you, I mean, how do they say to you? Do they, do they tell you the model that they're doing the doing, and then they say, come up with something, or do they come up with you now and say, how would you do it? Like, how does the collab work? All the collabs I've done different every time. That's super. That's uh, it's not a process, you know. That I can just apply. There is brands that know know me already, so that I I don't have to go through to explaining my universe and how I work. Maybe I'm gonna, you know. Usually, with my finger, I go towards a direction they don't want to go. But yeah, you know, they're gonna say yes. We are really working on the on this. Uh, uh, submarine atmosphere you know the, the death and the sharks and the diving and I'm going okay I don't give a I will go the I will I will do something totally different so sometimes they know me and they come to see me for that sometimes they they are not sure but they want to talk and stuff like that. so different anytime the Louis Erard collab, for instance, when I when I go from Louis Erard to Louis Erard, it was really uh, an idea of mine that I tried to push to them. So they didn't, they knew me a little bit, huh? but I, I I came to them and said, let's do that, let's, and then it worked, and then we are in the GPSG uh, in competition for uh, November. So um, with Mother, I I had a really Great relationship with uh, the uh, with Edouard and Bertrand uh, Melan since many years, so they knew me at the real beginning of Second Second. But the collab happened not because we are friends. The the collab happened because they knew me. They knew they knew my universe. But at one point they thought it could make sense because they were going through a new direction, erasing their logo on the on the watches. So my idea of an eraser uh, could make sense to them. Uh, so different anytime. And the brands are different. They sometimes they want really to 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 have me and to show me like, uh, yeah, we found this cool guy. Huh? Or sometimes they just want, oh, it's just going to be a little drop. Uh, it depends. And, uh, and I and I embracing that diversity. So that, that's really interesting. And that's interesting. And the, for example, you know, sometimes I have to fight for my my royalties, and sometimes they are super generous, and so it's different uh, every okay. time. <laughs> okay, right. Um, Sorry, I remember I'm in thinking, our, yeah, yeah I remember in our previous conversation. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. in our previous conversation. You mentioned that you actually went to Basel with like, did you go with Basel with, and showing your your work? That's that's the cool moment. Uh, it was not that cool when I was there. I was invited on a booth by Moser in 2019, the last Basel World, the last mm -hmm. big Basel World. So I I had I had a I was on on a safe place. It was nice to be on that booth and stuff like that. And I was introduced to people uh, via Moser. So I was not like trying. Uh, a little bit lost trying to get the attention. I was introduced to people and to collectors uh, thanks to Mother. So that was quite comfortable in a way. 
But then I was really at the beginning and I, I remember I have a cardboard case, really little, uh, let, not even the size of a shoebox. And I was I was opening the things and inside there were there were five designs of my watch. Two watches were real with uh, with uh, new hands and so on. And the three other was uh, pictures that I put uh, <laughs> like watches. So it it was really garage, you know, garage style. Yeah. And that's, I was on the mother booth with all, you can imagine the, the mother booth as, at Basel World was quite uh, nice and uh, super nice and luxurious. And I was with my cardboard box showing pictures. And, uh, but again, that's contrast. That's, if, if I was with a wood box and really classy and it would have been the same as everyone. So mm. th that's, that's, my, that's my luck to be really different and to try to be doing things properly, but not with the same materials as the others, not with the same wording as the others. And so that's my singularity. So that, that played good for me. Mm. Yeah, I would say though, um, Romaric, it, it still takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot of courage to to turn up with a cardboard box. And I know you said like, uh, it's easy in hindsight to say, uh, you know, I was very different and stuff. And that to some extent, uh, you can say with the success you've had. But at that point where nobody knows you and to, to turn up like that, knowing what the Swiss watch industry, the mentality of them are like, of the industry is like it still takes a lot of balls to come up with that like to come up with like two drawings and then like a, a small cardboard box it takes a lot of balls okay let's redefine the courage it's yes maybe a little bit but it's i i, I was not risking my life first yeah <laughs> but yeah sure you are but i've i've i will i've always appreciated to be a little bit the maverick in my life. I mean, since I'm kids, I, I kind of like this, this, I'm here, but I'm not with you, but I like you, but I'm different a little bit. So that helps too. I am okay to be considered as not part of the group. I'm okay with that. But then I don't want to be looked as a weirdo. <laughs> so there is a fine line, like this guy is different. <laughs> <laughs> to this guy is really weird so i want to be the different <laughs> and again it's the attitude it's the yes i was of course you can imagine that i i saw some faces at this uh, fair and that was important faces this uh, retailers or watch uh, the renowned watchmakers and i tried to go to them not not really like to disturb them, but I tried to manage to create the contact. And like 80%, it was rejection or not. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But that's life. I mean, we all try and we all, I mean, you when you're meeting people, sometimes you are in the position or they want to meet you. And sometimes you are in the position where you want to meet them. And that's true that I, I, before that, before that, I had this a little bit, this attitude of people. I was a guy that managed to raise money from a fund in Paris. So I was a little bit like, yeah, yeah, I raised millions with a fund. I could, I had to go back to the beginning again. So that I I could, 
yes. I was like, ah, oh, that's tough. I remember I came back to the hotel and I was calling my wife and I was saying, I'm tired. I'm, it's tiring. It's difficult. You want to get in touch, but some people just reject you and that. But mm. that's, I mean, that that's good. That makes you I'm stronger now because of that. Mm. Mm. Right. So out of all the collabs you've done, or even your own pieces, what would you say is your personal favorite? That, <laughs> you know what 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 people like me when when they are being as that that the classic is the next one. So <laughs> I don't want to answer the the classic answer, the next one. But the thing is that I was having this discussion with my wife yesterday. She wants to keep everything, the 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 photo the, the pictures family pictures uh postcards uh, uh stuff that my kids are drawing and so on. i want to throw away everything i'm not a collector so when something is done it's done i'm i'm but my passion is that my true passion is that when people are getting in touch with me are saying what would you have an idea and i'm like okay okay i need to find it so I love the process. When I have the idea, the the bad when I, the idea is there, that was the good part until I found that. And after that, it's the work. It's we you have to manufacture it, to design it, to uh, so to answer is that what I've been doing, all my collabs and all my pieces, they're cool. I love them, but that's done. Mm. I'm 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 looking for I'm going I'm looking. Uh, in the in the uh, i'm okay. looking away i'm not a collector so i guess if i'm not collecting tangible pieces it's the same in my brain i'm not calling i'm not uh, putting oh this one has a special place in my art all of them yeah so so that was a very eloquent way of saying the next one rather than just saying the next one so okay, I get that. <laughs> I, I know I know a wordsmith when I see someone. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I would like to ask, you kind of did touch on it, which is right now there was a moment, I mean, before there was a moment where you weren't accepted. Now you are accepted. Now everybody thinks you're the next best thing, right? But then as you know, that can quickly change as well. Really yeah. So sometimes it's cool in the way that, oh, I haven't seen a uh, Millennium Falcon on a Rolex before, but now yeah. I've seen it. Right. Yeah. And you have to keep developing new things. But even with the new things, it still falls on that category, category of yeah. changing something existing. Yeah. So if you see it too much, it can also, uh, quote unquote get boring yeah um how do you manage that uh, i don't um so that first of all you have to be aware of it and i'm like more than fully aware of that that's i think that's a good start um but what should i do some people could tell me and told me be careful go slow don't do too much, and they may be right. Uh, but I took the opposite direction. I'm like, 
doing as much collaboration as I can. And maybe it's gonna kill my freshness. But the, op the let's 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 follow the the advices of people uh, telling me go slow. I don't want to go slow. I've got ideas. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna keep them for a potential whatever future in two years. No, I, I'm. I can because I'm not made like that. I'm not gonna. I don't know what the future is gonna hold. So I'm like, okay, let's not consider this go slow. Uh, keep only one good ideas out of five to read to. No, I I cannot do that. So my approach is that don't do a collaboration just because uh, we you need to do one. So I'm always I'm trying to do on only things that I consider relevant. So, for example, this afternoon I the 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 lunch we have with Nevada. It's not one thousand pieces. It's sixty pieces. It's it's one thousand euros. The, the it's not that big. It's not for me. It's relevant. It's funny. Uh, you, you know, I'm I mentioned my uh, my intention to bring that watch to instead of the polar regions to bring that to the fridge, but in the back of my head there is also a way to react to global warming to suggesting that Antarctic should keep frozen, and. That because that's the time. That's the time being. This idea, I mean, we we st we know that it has to be consider an important consideration global warming. But maybe uh, if I wait for this idea and to launch it in two years, we'll be like, okay, we got it. Everyone has been playing uh, about this idea of global warming. So I don't care if you are a, a good uh, entry level brand or a high end brand. What matters is that is it something relevant, and um, and sometimes I'm hesitating. I'm like, is that something I'm? Is, I am just repeating something I've been doing, or is 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 that? My answer is that I do really limited batches, so the the volume are not big. Um, I try to have ideas that are powerful, and uh, and the storytelling that goes well. And I maybe maybe and I, I will be boring. I, I maybe so I try to work not only on the ends but sometimes on the dial. And tomorrow maybe I will work on the bezel. And maybe for six months I will work not on watches but on uh, clothes on fashion. Uh, I don't know. Mm, I don't think okay. this way. I stop thinking this way. Otherwise I'm not. I'm not moving. Otherwise, I have to prioritize. Oh, I should work with this brand before because if I work with that, the other one will not be eager to work. It's 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 a puzzle that you cannot solve. So instead of solving what is not solvable, I'm like, is the idea good? Let's do it. Okay. Um, I I personally like the Millennium Falcon, right? Um. Yeah, like, how did you come up with that idea? What's the message there? Like, I mean, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Um, I it, something just changed about this product yesterday. I will tell you. Some, I wanted. I'm not. A, I'm not the Star Wars super fan, but 
I mean, this is a, for me, that's the new mythology. You know, it's something you cannot, you have to do something about it. And when I saw this Millennium Falcon, the, 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 the ship, the, yeah, the ship, I was like, in my, in my head, it's, it's old, uh, rusty, not working super well, uh, vessel. And I saw one day, uh, those Zenith chronographs, really good looking pieces, vintage pieces, military pieces that were said to have been delivered to Yugoslavian Air Army in the 50s. And I, I, I could picture what was the Yugoslavian Air Army in the 50s. Yeah, it was not uh, Top Gun. It was more uh, uh, old, not old, but uh, I was in this uh, vintage uh, uh, flying stuff uh, and I wanted to play on that. Because at the real beginning, I was like, I cannot do a Star Wars something icon on whatever watches. I have to make a link with something. And that for me, that was a link. This link is a little bit hard to explain. Look, it just took me two minutes to explain you the link. So now I try to do pieces that the link is more obvious and immediate. Because people see a Millennium Falcon on a military Zenith Chrono, they are like, why you are you are suggesting that you all the time want something what i have to explain but i like that and i that was one of the first pieces i sold actually and then i i stopped for many reasons but i sold on, only a few pieces and i stopped because they that on those pieces the dial and the the dial is full of radium and Sorry, I'm going really into, into details, but this kind of pieces got, atten got attention and traction on Instagram and people are requesting. And when I say, you, are, you, are you aware that this uh, dial is, uh, there is radium loom? And people are, what that mean? I mean, that, yeah, that's radioactive. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, and I have uh, some uh, detector for radioactivity. And I can tell you that when I put this detector on that dial, it's woo. <laughs> and each time I'm bringing that radium stuff, nobody wants it anymore. <laughs> so I stopped, to, I stopped to, to push those pieces. But yesterday I met someone that is uh, quite used to remove the radium loom on those dials. Mm. And I'm, okay, I'm going to disturb a little bit the piece more than what I'm used to do. But what's, in, what's beneath the radium loom is quite good looking. And it will, and it will make everyone more safe wearing those pieces. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repush it. You're going to see on, on the next few weeks, you will see the, those pieces again because of, I found a way to, to, to get rid of the radium. Okay. You, you you work on all these pieces. Is there a piece that you know you just can't mess around with, like a fifteen eighteen or a twenty four ninety nine? You know these vintage paddocks, which you know if a client came up to you and he said, "Oh, I've got this three four four eight. I want you to draw on it." Yeah, like <laughs> what would you do? Would you say uh, no? <laughs> to if my I have I've been doing things on the vintage patex, but yeah. again, swapping ends. That's okay. But 
I would not draw your you're saying drawing on it. No, I would I would not do. I can it's it's at, at some point uh, if the guy says yeah do whatever you can break it. No, I I would not feel comfortable. I mean I I get I get some sense of uh, where is the value here, uh, and right I've been I've been declining a lot of requests, and usually it's it's because I. People are bringing their ideas, and I, I, I'm like, but why are you coming to me if you bring your ideas? I, I totally ah yeah. So because I, I would not uh, vandalize uh, uh, this mm. kind of pieces you just mentioned, I mm. would say no for sure. Mm. But I'm, I don't like to work on, on the classic thing is that yeah, yeah I, I love, uh, I love tennis. Uh, can you put a tennis racket uh, on this uh, Rolex, uh, whatever? So I don't do that. Mm. Again, I've been saying stuff, and two years after, I was saying the opposite. So I've, I've sometimes there, there, there is things that excites that doesn't excite me, and then two years after, I'm excited. Um, I'm considering uh, customizing uh, pieces that I would not have been considering okay. two years ago. So let's, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not gonna, I think I will be really, I'm trying to, my North star is to be relevant. Okay. Um, coming up to the end of this uh, interview, um, two more questions. As um, a creative person, is this always going to have to be a one person thing? Like when you increase your team, can you increase what's in your head? By you know what I mean? Like, how do you grow? Because you're already I'm, saying you're so busy, right? With I'm uh, busy right now because yeah. I'm doing everything, and everything means uh, everything. So you're losing time, and you and on details and stuff like that. And I'm I and there is plenty of things I'm not good at, and I'm really slow uh, on graphism and stuff like that. Uh, so I I should definitely cons uh, should be considering to get uh, help on the execution level, but after you say but the, the, uh, the, the ideas they are I have uh, way more I I've got ten ideas a day that could uh, bring some not only on the watches so I guess I I understand your question is that at some point maybe uh, uh, I, you are limited and you need to reinforce your team and maybe your team is not thinking the way you think but i guess yes i guess so i guess i can be i can i can build something bigger but again i'm not it's maybe it's not going to look like second second you know maybe I, I okay i've got the feeling right now i'm a little bit too much playing cool that's a cool i'm like i have to find the next great ideas mm -hmm. i have to find the next great I'm missing some build. I would like to build a brand that can last and that doesn't have to ring to find a super great idea every 10 days. Mm. If you look at big brands, they are not reinventing the wheel every two weeks. They are more on something they build and they are just refining it along the years. And I'm, I would like to find a way to 
instead of being under the the urge of finding something really great to build something that is a little bit less crazy that required less ideas mm-hmm. but that is that is re- really consistent and uh, that works by itself mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm clear but yeah i understand that so would that mean like creating your own watch that's one of my dream of course okay but if that's, we, if we that's watch... the shortest answer you've given by the way <laughs> <laughs> right I've, very telling i feel uncomfortable saying that because every I mean, I made a joke one day, like every people in this industry with uh, 5,000 followers, they are considering launching their brand. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm i going to fall in that category. That, yeah, I have to admit, that's my dream. But mm-hmm. is my dream relevant? Is my dream useful for this community? Is my dream... Uh, but yes, that's a dream. And I'm, and I'm, to- I'm thinking about it every day. <laughs> Maybe okay. it will not happen, I don't know. Well, uh, the last question, which you may have answered, but I'm going to give you another opportunity to elaborate, is what's the future of Second Second? Mm. Yeah. Is it going More, to be trois, trois? I, I will. I will keep working on vintage pieces. I don't want to be only the collaborative guy with brands because collaboration are cool, mm. but each time it's a process, long process, validation, they are mitigating my stuff all the time. I want to be a little bit radical. And with collaboration, you have to mitigate. Mm. You have to, I know, don't put this word. Uh, I need to work by myself without nobody. And I can do that on vintage pieces. So I will st- I will keep on working on vintage pieces and doing collabs. I would like then expand collabs to other world outside yeah. watches then I will remain a watch guy. I mean, that's, if I, I will re, I will stick to that because that's, I think that's where the most relevant. Mm. And then um, there is this dream of uh, building a brand, but is that second, second? I don't know. Mm. Second, second, I would like, I would like to, to stay this little sarcastic person that you mentioned at the real beginning. I would like to have my seat just outside the watch world. And even if I'm doing something else and I'm building a watch brand, I would like to stay this guy that makes some uh, nice fun or nice uh, interaction with that community. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting how you think about like the business because you know, a lot of people would say, you know, you need a plan or you need to have an idea of how to get like what, what you, where you want to get and how to get there, right? A step-by-step plan. But actually, you know, even in your creative process and in even how this is developed, it's one disruption after disruption after disruption, which means that it, it, it sounds incredibly tiring mentally. Uh, that's, uh, that's many things here. First of all, for what you said, for many people, the, and I totally got that it's plan it's something's gonna happen because you have a plan it has never worked for me so far maybe (laughs) it worked for other people and i'm sure because that's i mean that's the way you build empires it's with plan it's with but i'm not like the the story about to be seconding first i'm i'm not like that i'm i'm like a 
it's a little bit bordel. It's a mess. It's a bit, but my little mess is starts to look like something now. So I'm gonna stick to that approach, and I don't have. A, I, I have a, a plan, but you know, I I just mentioned to you. I'm gonna keep doing that, and maybe I'm gonna build a brand, but I, but it's not really specific about the tiring of. Uh, I I I'm brainstorming all day long. Again, it's not going to, I'm not going to the mine. Huh? It's still a nice work and I'm, uh, I'm not uh, breaking my back, uh, carrying a uh, big, but that's true that I'm, uh, sometimes I, I discover that because I'm really, when you go to a, col a collab to a lunch, you have to think about the packaging, the storytelling, the thing, the pictures, what should, and it's, so you have to brainstorm all the time and it's tiring, I, ad I admit. And uh, I think I sh I should work on that because I'm uh, I'm waking up at night, and I didn't not being stressed. I'm not like oh, it's not nightmares, but right, it's it's new to me. Maybe I'm old. I don't know, but it's new to me. Those days, I'm I'm waking up during nights thinking about things okay. about uh, work. So I have to maybe I have to adapt a little bit to have to have some. Uh, uh, discipline, saying no, say no to that. Stop thinking about uh, details. Maybe I, I will start to prioritize. I will have to. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That's the main interview. It was an absolute pleasure for you to share your experience for Second Second, and actually very fascinating to hear all the inner workings of your brand. I especially liked um, the name. Like I like that philosophy. Uh, especially in the society we live in now i think it's it's great actually a good a, a good political message to put mm -hmm. out there um we we now go on to the reverso round which i'm not sure i told you about did i tell you about this where you get to ask us questions okay so a question each all right so you can ask us anything um please go ahead so i will start with um lang mm -hmm. I saw, when I was talking about I would maybe launch a, a watch brand and I was like making a little bit fun of people that when they got some uh, knowledge in this mm -hmm. business and some uh, uh, following in that business, we we think that, okay, we, we should bring something to this business. Mm -hmm. And you kind of react. I saw your face mm -hmm. reacting to that. Have you something in the back of your head about that? I about actually, um, I actually think one of the okay. So I find this industry kind of like there's good and bad sides. Some negative sides with um, I I would say it's a predominantly like white male industry. I have lots of things to say about this, but I think the most beautiful part is that there is always space for someone new to come in. They actually welcome all these micro brands. There's always space. And in fact, one person pulls another in, one person shares knowledge, shares skills and everything. So, and I also think that most people that do launch a brand, they are not doing it just to monetize. They really have a strong need to find a watch that fits their personality that is just not out there yet. So when you said that, I just thought, how interesting would it be if you are already doing such crazy stuff? I cannot even imagine what kind of stuff you do. And from all the answers throughout this interview, I realized you are someone that is 
somewhat, I would say sensitive to how your actions affect like your environment, like what you're putting out there and are you just doing it or is it actually relevant? You keep saying that, right? Is this thing relevant? Am I adding to the community? So I would love to see how you actually define that. Like what is relevant in the future? Are we even wearing watches that much or um, does this watch need to make me feel unique? So I just thought, man, I would love to die to see what you come up with one day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know it's not my question, but I, I would like to also <laughs> chip in here and say, if you look at, you know, I don't know if you have this thing. And I actually honestly don't know whether you're actually looking to do your own watch, right? But the success of the collabs suggests that, you know, I mean, a lot of the collabs work and they get purchasing because of because of your work, right? Otherwise, it's a normal, you know, for a watch brand, they produce a watch and it's like the one that they just produced before, the same model, right? They might, you know, innovation in the Swiss watch industry is like they change the strap, you know? Mm. So when someone as radical as you and you're getting kind of throttled by in your design process, because you can't do everything you want because the brand's limiting you. When you have a, a product that's already market proven that there's a market for it, uh i'm i'm interested to see yeah like you produce something because like big brands without the collab like we look at bulgari they produced that script watch recently right um and as as far as i know that isn't the collab you know that is like from their own designer right okay. and yet and it sells there's a limited edition right mm -hmm. and i just think from what you said about um having your own essentially product that you're associated with second second right you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel mm -hmm. that would be a really really good way i mean if it was like cheap enough i'd buy one um <laughs> yeah but just just remember me yeah when these things are going for premium can you just remember if daniel calls you like sort me out and then uh, if you ever go into like fashion and then to art and then suddenly your stuff becomes like Daniel Asham and become very expensive. Yeah. Can you, can you make me a unique piece? Yeah. Can, can I have you on record now to say, make me a unique piece, but only when you're successful or like, like that yeah. success. I, I, yeah. Right I now. I don't need it. I will consider it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I need, uh, with it, I'll need a certificate of authenticity. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I and I promise you, I won't sell it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So, um, but anyway, what's my question now? Sorry, I just have um, to... Daniel, I was uh, curious. I don't want you to answer the Daniel of today, but the Daniel like three, four years ago, okay. when you were seeing custom customized watches, what was your reaction? Why I'm saying that is that yeah. at the beginning, I'm doing today something that... If I'm, I was not me and I was outside of me, I would say, yeah, customizing is that, you know, I'm like an ambivalent. So I would, I would like ask what you were thinking four years ago about customization. Where are you, those people yeah. saying, come on, the watch has been made a, a, a way, yeah. uh, let, let it alone and don't try to play with. What was uh, that you, you got my well, question? Well, I, I think the audience actually knows my answer because they know me so well now probably listening from the podcast but i would say i wouldn't like it yeah four years ago i would definitely not like it 
and not only dislike it, probably they should say shit about it. <laughs> like, um, I, the key point is relevance and value. You know, is what you're doing when you change your watch adding X amount of value where I think, yeah, it's, it's so because the majority of customization, I see it, I've forgotten it, right? Okay. Like it's not memorable. And as this space, I mean, four years ago, people weren't doing, I would say what you were doing. They were still sticking to the same design themes, just changing color, mm. whether it's the changing of the color of the bezel or changing the color of the loom or changing the color of the dial. Mm -hmm. To me, a watch brand could have done that easily, right? Really? And and it, to me, point. it's like, okay, I've got a, let's say a Rolex uh, Submariner. And instead, yeah, I don't want their dial. I want a purple dial. Is anybody willing to do it? Oh, no one. I'll just go and get pay somebody to do it. Yeah, it's not, it's not that cool, right? I can't see what is cool about that. But um, your creativity brings a freshness that I couldn't do. And I think a really key point is the uh, execution of the parts. It doesn't feel tacky. I don't know if you're familiar. It doesn't feel cheap, right? Mm -hmm. It still maintains like the prestige of what you'd expect from a, a luxury watch, but you're in introducing humor. But I would also say, you know, Moser is especially good at I think they have a really good idea on the community and the market and what they're thinking at a certain time. Um, if you look at Chaikin, his Joker watch, right? Again, it's not for me, but it's got like a huge following, right? Yeah. And that is an example of a watchmaker that has, I mean, that could have been a second, second something, right? Like it runs in the same kind of theme, but yeah. it's actually done by a watchmaker and extremely yeah. successful now. Mm -hmm. And then... Also, I think when we look at the watch market, um, everybody wants the hot pieces, mm -hmm. but now you can't actually get them, right? And so it's pushed the market to people that really appreciate, I think, watches um, to like independent watches, more unique things. And then what you found now is it's so not cool now to wear something that everybody knows. It's actually what's different about your watch. And if you have that brand equity within that, I think it's super strong. Like, especially, I think this again, I go back to you making your own watch, right? If you had a limited run of 10 pieces, right? It's so limited. You have the exclusivity, you have the, I hate, I know you, you hate this word, but it's cool. It is cool, right? Mm. Yeah. And then, if you get to that part where you actually control like the secondary market value, you know, even Furlong Murray's are getting traded like above premium, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then you also add another angle into wanting to desire to own that watch. And you're basically pre-selling your mm -hmm. next batch, mm -hmm. right? Because everybody's like, forget what he, what he produces. I'm buying it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh, I guess I answered your question like 10 minutes ago, but no, no, the answer no, 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 is I'm, like, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, can, I like, just, can I quickly yeah. say something that I think maybe never crossed your mind? The funny thing about lu like luxury items, I think is 
there's a level of when you reach a group of people where everyone is rich. So it doesn't matter anymore. Everyone has a Birkin, everyone has a Rolex. But the people that kind of go, whoa, look at that person though, are the people that take a Birkin and paint on it. Or a person that takes a Rolex and um, what is it called? They they um, engrave on the dial. Those are the people that say like, hey, sorry, but I have so much money that I really don't care. And I think <laughs> this kind of watch, I know this is why I'm saying it's probably never crossed your mind, but it's a kind of subtle kind of flex that's just like, I know it's a serious watch, but I actually think it's funny to do that so because I can, because I can afford it and because I can. Uh, that, that's interesting. Yeah. And that goes back a little bit to the question earlier. Uh, what would be your limit of doing something or, or on a destroying? Uh, again, if the flex is only... I, uh, I yeah, wear a, a really uh, destroyed, uh, super famous Patek just to show that I could destroy that value. I'm not super comfortable with that. Yeah. But if repenting or doing something make it really smart yeah. with a catchy name or catchy yeah. tagline, maybe I, I could, I, I, I got it. I don't want the flex to be yeah. <laughs> a bit excluding yeah i i don't care i broke yeah. i broke i broke my watch it has to <laughs> yeah yeah i think the key point is you know when you talk about relevance right we still wear watches to portray a certain aspect of us to sure. kind of like to show who we are and everything sure. what yours does is it that definitely displays a message yeah so as a watch enthusiast like wearing your watch, maybe I'm the kind of guy that doesn't take it too seriously, you know, mm. or maybe I, I'm actually doing a protest against the mm. watch industry saying, you guys are so boring. You guys like take yourself way too seriously. Actually, you know, the collectors are like this and this is what I care about. Right. Mm. And that's, so I still think that there is a, there is an application for that. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we are sending signals with our watches and uh, Yes, I'm, mine are, are a little bit uh, pushing some limits and stuff like that. Again, I don't. I, I sometimes I'm wearing extremely discreet watches because for me, because it's your watch is, is expressing your personality. But for me, my personality is not all the time the same. Sometimes I want to be that. Uh, guy with uh, all vintage Rolex and a little uh, pixelized uh, sword on it. But the day after, I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to wear that. It's uh, My point is that I don't want to be the guy pointing to the industry and saying, you are not fun enough. I mean, I let them not to be fun. And that's cool sometimes not to be fun. and But sometimes it's good to be a little bit. So I uh, I'm not screaming against this industry. That, that I just wanted to react about that, yeah. Daniel. Don't worry, just let me do that. Yeah, and then you can be politically safe. It's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not. I mean, do, do, yes, you. I'm not. I'm really telling you. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. But we go on to the next round, which is the pump push around. So a few questions, if I may. Right. Tell us one moment in your life that was life-changing. Um, the, day, the day I... Um... The day I, after being graduated from business school, I tried to work on the audit and in the finance and for some months and some, uh, 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 when you are a stagiaire, um, you work for like six months in the company. Internship. 
internship. Yeah. And uh, the last day of my internship, I knew that I didn't want to do that and I, that, that I, I would not be. I mean, I w- it was okay. Huh? The people were nice and stuff, right? but I, I couldn't. It, the internship is over. I'm going to build something, my own stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I could feel it. I remember going out of this building. It was like I could feel it. And okay. I think I, maybe it was a promise to myself and maybe it would have been different. I, maybe uh, three years ago, I would have be, uh, come back to that, but I could feel something happened that day. Okay. Uh, number two, business school. Overrated or an important part of your business education? For me, it 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 was not it was not really useful. Okay. But maybe the system in France is like that. I've been working hard two years from 18 years old to 20 years old. It's called prepa, and you are working hard and in really uh, history, French, math, everything, to get to the exams and to try to reach those uh, good uh, rated uh, business school in France. I've been, I've enjoyed the two years of hard work because you, you're going philosophy and stuff like that. But after that, you go to the business school, it's a little bit more laid back. You met super nice people and stuff like that. But I, I didn't really use that, that moment. I remember many friends of mine were using that period to get into uh, technology. And I was not made for that. So I was not super inspired by the tech uh, going going on. So I didn't use that. It could have been quite useful. So on the basics of marketing and stuff like that, I, I'm not the guy opening a book and learning like, Ah, let's let's learn about uh, Procter and Gamble case when they tried to launch this orange juice. But I'm not like I, I, I'm. I don't do things by the book. So I could feel that I was already a, a, a storyteller when I was 12 years old. So when you go to, I didn't really need that moment. Mm. I, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Right. So for uh, me, overrated. For me, but yeah. it doesn't. For me, it's overrated. Yeah. Okay. But it's uh, next one. One thing you hate to see on the menu. Um, it's stuff. It happens now that I'm meeting uh, and having lunch and dinner with foreign people. Yeah. In France, and because yeah. I'm French, I'm supposed to know everything on the menu and to explain. <laughs> and I feel extremely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like feeling really, really bad when I, I have no idea what it is. And uh, people are saying, yeah, well, you should t- tell me what is that? And I have to ask the waiter to explain me and then I have to translate. So people have so many expectations on French people that they're supposed to know everything about gastronomy, but I don't. <laughs> so right. what I hate is to, to see stuff that I cannot explain. Right. Okay. Uh, next one. One thing that entrepreneurship has taught you. I'm, I'm not going to be super original, but it's consistency. Mm. Okay. I try to find something else, but that I, I, I heard this word before and I didn't understand what it meant. So I tried to, again, everything you do is stupid. Every, it's, it's not useful. I mean, every action we take, it's nothing. 
uh, and and can be criticized and can be oh, what what what's the point? And that's crazy to me that this single action that is repeatedly done with quality mm. becomes relevant by the time by because it's there. Mm-hmm. And again, it it's there. It, you. You have been doing so it's relevant. Oh, the guy is doing that for four years. It must mm. be relevant. Mm. But the same people that thought it was not relevant, nothing has changed four years after, they're coming back to you and saying, Yeah, that you were right to start that. So consistency makes makes everything. Okay. Next one. Uh one quote that is meaningful to you. Okay. Again, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I like not to answer the questions. And again, I'm going to not answer this question. And for I'm going to do a collab with Bamford in 10 days, uh, seven days. Mm-hmm. And he, like two days ago, he asked me that. We need your best quote, uh, Ramarik, for the <laughs> press release, whatever. And, I start, and I'm going to say the same thing I told you. First of all, I'm not a quote guy, first. Second, Usually, when I discover and when I read an inspiring and powerful quote, the thing my head is doing is that let's reverse the quote. So it's you know, if, if let's and I imagine myself the opposite of what this quote is saying, and I and in my head it sounds as relevant and as powerful, and so I'm like those quote things. Mm. It's it's so weird because if you disturb it, it still looks and sounds quite relevant. So, and I, and the third point was maybe that's my quote, George. I told him maybe this is when I see a powerful and relevant quote, I try to reverse it. And usually it sounds as good and as relevant. That's okay. my quote. Right. Number, well, the next one someone that inspires you. It's a little bit, it's too personal because I've got someone in mind, but it's, a, it's someone a little bit too close. I would feel uncomfortable to say that. Okay. Would you like oh, to pass? No, I'm, I'm not going to say the name. I'm going to, okay. I'm not that much inspired by people that are like huge because I don't relate to them. I mean, like they are crazy. They are so crazy different and so crazy, uh, really bigger than me. I don't relate. So actually, that's people I know. And because I know them, they are not tycoon giants. They are real people. But they are. So I can be I'm more inspired by people that are not megastars. The megastars are, they don't inspire me that much because I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I know only that part of their life, but I don't know all the things. I don't know, but people you know, you know that if they are working hard, you know if they have a big team or a small team, you have you know the the truth of their life, so you can really judge. Come on, and so I'm quite working or close to people that are inspiring me by the hard working and the work ethics when they don't really need to work or they they could not. They are they've got a fire. And I, I'm, I'm inspired by the fire of, of some people. And they, they, and people that have the life through curveballs on them. Health problem, kids problem. And they still got a, 
big light, a big big fire, and that's him. Hmm. Yes. Wait. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. So, uh, let's uh, let's sum that up. Um... Right. Next one. Tell us uh, one habit that you have. One. Sorry. Habit. Um, I'm working in um mainly my time is uh, it's not a workshop, it's um it's a little room and there is a lot of cardboards. And um, sorry, I'm going like in the uh, you're not gonna understand what I'm gonna say. It's a little bit weird. And the the cardboards has a smell, and because it's a quite small room, it's a smell. And every morning I have a pleasure to you know I'm working a lot with cardboards and paper. Yeah, yeah. And right. I love this this odor. That's I go in this room and I love this odor. And I have a cup of coffee and I start to watch like three or four minutes of sport american sport highlights and <laughs> so either that's the usually that's the beginning of my day so it's like um baseball highlights or uh, basketball highlights or uh, american football highlights and immediately after that at sweet i switched to a program on uh, french radio that is talking about uh, literature <laughs> so that's odor of the of the cardboard coffee then a little bit of uh, body and uh, sports, and then it's a little bit more cultural and uh, French style. That's my okay. routine. Right. Okay. Uh, last question. Tell us something that we don't know about you. Anything that we don't know about you. My usually people think I'm younger than I'm really am. Okay. Usually people think I'm uh, between 25, 35, and I'm and I'm uh, almost 42. Okay. Well, thank God you answered yeah. that. I didn't have to ask you. Like I was like thinking, oh crap! Does I, do I have to ask him how old he is now? <laughs> you know. No, I'm not saying uh, physical and stuff. I'm saying that considering what I'm posting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh. Okay. And I, the, I actually get the physical side. Like no, people think I'm two or fourteen. It, actually, it was more because it was more because sometimes I'm reacting on more uh, on stuff that maybe a uh, consider to a younger audience so yeah usually yeah. people are, i could feel that people are a bit surprised when they when i'm like yeah i'm uh, i've got uh, my wife and two kids and uh, uh okay i thought you were like younger that's maybe <laughs> right. it was my simple answer to your question <laughs> okay well that ends the interview with you um romaric um i had a you know it was a real revelation and thank you for sharing so much of your personal journey with us i follow your journey intently and hope you know you go from success to success and i look forward to your much. new creations um yeah and hopefully one day i'll own one um i do hope you produce your own <laughs> watch though one day <laughs> right when i will become super famous like you mentioned maybe i will we will uh, you will have something from me when I will <laughs> okay be as, as famous as daniel archam <laughs> yeah all right Okay, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe even more famous. Who knows, right? But anyway, I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? Um, but yeah, thank you, and we'll speak soon. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to this episode. If you want thank to uh, see more of Romaric's work, please go to his Instagram page, Second Second, where I think you know, at the very least, you'll be very entertained. His stories are also very good, so I would also click into the stories as well. Okay, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. As always, thank you for listening to the Waiting List Podcast. 
We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us at The Waiting List Podcast on Instagram or via our private accounts. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.